Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're gonna be talking all about how you can progress your rehab if you've got back pain and you're working on it from home. So we're gonna cover some really uh, important principles to help you safely go through that necessary progression with your rehab. Make sure you don't get caught out either stagnating or pushing on too fast and ending up with relapses and relapses which can be so disconcerting. So hopefully you're gonna find this one really, really helpful. As always, we've got Lara the other side of the camera. She'll be taking down your questions. So if you've got any questions as you go through, as we go through today's live, then please do post those in the comments below. They're gonna help you, but they're also gonna help other people watching this, so we really appreciate those. If you are new to the channel, please do consider hitting the notification icon and the subscribe button, just to make sure you don't miss out when we next go live, and we do these live streams every single weekday, and we always have that Q&A uh, to help you guys with a little bit of advice and guidance as best as we can from your home. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. Okay, so we've got a few bits and pieces on the board here. I wanted to start out by sort of just covering the, the sort of the process of rehab. And with back pain, people are nine times out of 10, there's a lot of people looking on YouTube trying to find resolution. And maybe you've even done some of the right things in the past, but the progression of those things has either been absent or been too aggressive. You relapse and it can really, really play on your mind. You know, am I ever gonna get better with this? All those sorts of thoughts. And if you've got a few simple principles, simple ways to know when you're maybe stagnating and know when you're pushing it too hard, and that way you can sort of navigate through this rehab process, you're going to do an awful lot better and have an awful lot less in the way of relapses as well. And also in order to do that effectively, you need to first start by understanding what sort of person you are as well. So we'll break down first, I think, this little black box that I've put on the board down here because you need to understand what rehab are you doing? What phase are you in? What stage are you in? of the rehab. Are you someone that literally is watching this from your bed, you can't get out of bed in the morning, and really for you, you're in this sort of skill-based or relief-based exercises. Those are exercises that aren't really building any strength or stability, but they are providing you with a degree of relief. So that might that's our typically our phase one exercises in the Back in Shape program. That's the, the stretching, the, the mobility work for those hip muscles. That's learning to engage the core, and that's the towel exercise and the icing protocols, which you're going to help reduce inflammation and then with things like the core engagement exercise teach you a skill and with these exercise programs they are short-term programs they're maybe there for a couple of days but you may keep them in your rehab program for the medium and long term because they just help your body deal with the stresses it's going to inevitably go through on that rehabilitation process so that's quite important but understanding that these skill and relief-based uh, exercise programs like the phase one, are there to help you learn something. So doing those multiple times a day, three, four times a day, sometimes more if you're in a particularly bad way or particularly struggling with a skill is really necessary because if we don't master things like the core engagement exercise, I know that's something that a lot of longer term back pain sufferers, um, some people that you wouldn't typically expect, you might have been an active person, you might be I know, I know a certain group of guys in the gym that have been working out for a long period of time really struggle sometimes to correctly engage that core. And if we can't do it effectively, and we're doing it maybe with our in-breath, for example, we're using our diaphragm and other accessory muscles to create that hollow in the core, then we're not actually gonna be able to benefit from the, lat from the later strengthening-based exercises. Uh, and therefore, the rehab is going to be 
weak. It's not going to work as well as it should be. So when we've got skill-based exercises, we do want to be doing those regularly, repeatedly, until we have the technique down and technique with all of these exercises, just like every single exercise in the Back and Shape program. If you do those exercises correctly, they will help you. If you do them incorrectly, you run the risk of getting in a little bit of trouble. And that's why we put those videos out there to make sure that you're doing them as close as possible and can understand how exactly you should be doing those. Then if we break it down into the strengthening based exercises, these are very different and this is an equal mistake that people make. They may have the technique there and then they go, right, I'm gonna do maybe the phase two exercises that we talk about, something that's gonna build strength. Um, maybe you do those three times a day or, or two times a day. That isn't so great, great either because the process of strengthening, we have to reach an overload in our session and then we need rest. We need to have that one session and in the early stages of, of where, when we're going through rehab, maybe you've, you're able to walk for 10 or 15 minutes. So we start building some of these strengthening exercises. You can walk for 10 or 15 minutes. There's maybe still some pain. The sciatica starts to come on or something like that. But you can do it. You can move around the house. So you start some of these strengthening exercises. A big mistake here is that people will do those exercise routines, those strengthening exercise routines, multiple times a day, which is not appropriate. We want to have one sitting where we follow the plan. In the case of the back and shape, it's three times three sets of 10. If you can't do 10, then you might do five or three or whatever it is. But you do that in one sitting. And then we make sure our nutrition, our rest is, is correct. We're maybe still doing some of these skill and relief based uh, protocols outside of that, but we're not doing two or three strength based exercise programs within one day because when we're strengthening, it's the recovery period, maybe that next 12, 16, 18, 24 hours that our body is changing and adapting and we don't want to be disrupting it every four hours with an additional workout that's strengthening based. We need to challenge the muscles, challenge our system and allow it to effectively recover and, to, and depending on our age and other comorbidities, if we're a healthy person, then we'll recover faster. If we've got other issues where we've got, um, you know, other, you know, maybe we've got diabetes or other health complications that may just give us that slight disadvantage, we might need a little bit longer. Maybe we need that 24 hours for our body to effectively recover before we can push it again in the early stages. So that's quite important. And then long-term, when we're doing real sort of full workouts, like the sort of phase three workouts that we talk about, we may only do those three or four times a week, but we're working hard in those sessions and we're giving our body the time to recover. And on the days that we're not working out, we, we will still be doing these relief-based exercises because other challenges come in later on in the rehab. But we're not gonna go through that end-end phase as much uh, for today's live stream. We're gonna sit more in that sort of early, early time frame. So the first thing we want you guys to think about is what kind of person are you? And I've broken down into two people, A and B. Are you overly cautious? And this might be just your natural disposition, or it might be because of experience. You know that as soon as you start doing any sort of exercise, you flare your back up and it knocks you back for six days or seven days, or you feel like you go back to square one. And that is a real problem because those people tend to end up stagnating. They tend to never get out of phase one because we're, we're overly concerned about things and we don't have a framework to evaluate the process with. And then there's the impatient. Those people that are just driven. I want to get done. I want to get faster yesterday. So I want to get I want to get healed yesterday. I need to get back to what I'm doing. And those are the sort of people that jump on too too much too soon. And sometimes you can fluctuate between these people. The cautious person starts to get away with it and becomes the impatient person because they start to see a bit of results and then they push too hard. So it's having this understanding of what kind of person you are when you're trying to get your back better. What are your tendencies with regards to rehab? Do you overcook it or do you tend to just stagnate and therefore adjusting accordingly? 
when, and to help the person that tends to go on too much too soon, we've got a little sort of note here. Think about percentages. And this could be you push the exercise too soon. Like I mentioned earlier, you might do three workouts in the day, strengthening workouts, when you should only be doing that one and allowing yourself to re recover because you feel like if I'm working hard, then I must be getting better. And that not necessarily can be overcooking it. And we end up getting in trouble. Like I mentioned earlier, we just want to do that one workout a day. It might also be you're walking. Some people, they, you know, walking's a challenge, but something that really uh, they enjoy, especially nowadays when the weather's not in thunderstorms, like it's been the last 24 hours, but when it's lovely and sunny in the summer, we want to get out there, enjoy some of the fresh air, and walking is something that a lot of people do enjoy. Maybe it's taking the dog for a walk or walking with the other half or walking on your own, just getting that time to yourself. It's very, very important, but sometimes we don't anticipate the change. Now, if I was to go into the gym and say I normally do 50 kilos, for example, on a lift, and I, wanted, and I wanted to double it, and I, and I said to you guys, hey, tomorrow I'm gonna to go and do double, I'm gonna do 100 kilos, then you'd say, do you know what, Mike, that might not be the best idea because you could end up dropping the bar on your neck because you're not strong enough to do that. Your body hasn't adapted to doing that. It takes months to, to adapt to that, or it takes a period of time. Well, with walking, a lot of people, it's not quite the same, but it's a similar lens uh, through which we should look at the situation. If we can only normally walk seven minutes or five minutes or, or 10 minutes, and we go and do a 20 minute walk, we've doubled the, the demand on our body. We've walked twice as far as we ordinarily would. That's a 100% increase. And sometimes that's just a little bit too much. It sounds very silly, but if walking is your primary form of exercise or was before your primary form of exercise, jumping up by double is not necessarily the best approach. So in those scenarios, maybe adding the 10% every two weeks. So we go from five minutes and then we go up to five and a half minutes and so on and so forth. Or we go from 10 minutes, we go up to 11 minutes. But after a period of a couple of months, you've really started to add on quite a substantial amount and you will be walking double, but you've given your body that time it needs to recover that time it needs to make the slow adaptations in the soft tissues, things like the, the ligaments, the tendons, etc. not just those muscles, which will inevitably change a little bit faster. So it's important to bear that in mind. And we've got a nice little acronym. We've mentioned it before. Some of you guys who've been on the live streams before will know this acronym or know of it. Um, and hopefully you can use this to better help you in your evaluation process as you're going through the strengthening uh, and your rehabilitation and make sure you progress in the right sort of way. And just as just before we get into this, if you do have any questions, I know people tend to bombard them at the back end. So Lara's trying to find everyone's questions. So if you've got any questions on this, maybe your rehab and your journey, then please do post those in the comments below just so we can get through to those uh, in the Q&A section at the end. So going through this acronym, we've called it TREAT, okay? And if you wanna note this down, just take a pen and paper or pause the video if you're watching this after the fact. You can't do that if it's on live. So um, we've got TREAT as the acronym here. We've got TEST. So make a test. Maybe it's walking for 12 minutes instead of 10 minutes, or maybe it's doing an extra set. Maybe you're in the phase two of the back in shape and you're normally doing three sets of 10. You're gonna do four sets of 10 today. So we're gonna make a test and we're gonna make a decided effort that it's on a day that's not abnormal. We don't wanna coincide the day we chose to test our new strength or our new level of rehab with going back to work or with the grandkids coming over. We wanna make sure that all the variables are controlled. And I know it does sound a little bit OCD, it sounds a little bit, a bit obsessive, but a lot of you guys, when you're watching these videos and you've maybe been struggling with back pain for a long period of time, we need to just get into the detail and go through a bit of structure to start with so that we can then have a nice framework going forward that's gonna, gonna do us good for the long term. So test it on a day which is a typical day for you, nothing out of the ordinary. And let's say it's a slightly longer walk or it's a, more reps in one of the back and shake programs or whatever you're doing. 
Then we want to rest. And that means rest for the rest of the day, as in don't do another workout. Don't go and walk for half an hour and go, oh, I got away with that one, so I'll go on another half an hour walk. It means you do your test and then you go back to your normal day to day. We don't do anything else different, anything else peculiar. And that allows your body to sort of see how it feels, etc., etc. You might be a little bit achy afterwards and that's okay if it's a slightly longer walk or slightly more reps. You might feel just a little bit more of what you usually feel after that. And that's okay. And then we rest for the rest of that day, get a good night's sleep, etc. And then we evaluate. And the important thing here that catches a lot of more chronic cases out is evaluate in the context of the usual day-to-day -day patterns. All too often people go, I'm sore. I woke up and I was sore in the morning. It's because I did that walk. And, and we see this in the clinic and we go, yeah, but, but John, you're sore every morning. Yeah, well, well, huh, good point, good point. I am sore every morning. And how are you now? Well, I'm not too bad. You know, taking a step back to, in, to evaluate in the context, all too often people evaluate it and say, how do I feel compared to perfect? And that's not a fair evaluation. And that then gives you a recall. You go, oh, I feel sore this morning. Oh, that is, was that run yesterday? Or it was that walk yesterday? Or was that extra 10 reps yesterday? And then you really recoil, but stop and pause for a moment and say, okay, how do I feel this whole day? Well, I was a little bit more achy in the morning, but once I got going, pretty much the same. My pain tends to spike at you know, two in the afternoon and I was a little bit sore doing the dishwasher and that's all normal. So actually, on, on evaluation, it's pretty much the same. Great, because the adaptation isn't gonna take place in that 24 hour window. The adaptation is gonna take place slowly over a period of time. You're not gonna all of a sudden be bouncing off the walls doing cartwheels down the stairs. You're going to have to just check that nothing's got substantially worse, measurably worse, objectively worse. And that's why we say evaluate it in the context. And we haven't gone into this much detail on this acronym before. Now the next one is gonna be adjust. If necessary, we can adjust. You might say, do you know what? That was okay. Today, I don't feel too much too much worse. It's 24 hours gone by and I'm pretty much the same. So we'll adjust and we'll add that into our routine going forwards. So maybe it's a case of you building that new extra level. Uh, let's just suppose you're going from the three sets of 10 that we normally recommend on the phase two routine or phase three routine. And you're gonna make that step up to four sets of 10. You've done four sets of 10 yesterday. Okay, great. I'll do three sets of 10 again today and tomorrow, and then the day after I do another four sets of 10. We'll test it again. We'll adjust our process and we'll test it again. But maybe you go, oh, that was really sore. Maybe I'm not ready for that. Maybe I overcooked it. And then you might just make the same test in another week or so. But it'll, this way, it allows us to slowly feed in new things. Now it may be that you're further on in the rehab process and you're looking at running. And this is a big one. I know a lot of members in the back and shape would want to get into running in some way or maybe golf or something like that. Um, the running example, okay, let's add in a five minute run on the flat. Not a five minute run uphill, but a five minute run on the flat and follow the same protocol. How was it? Okay, well the next one I do, I'm gonna do a five minute run for the next two or three weeks, maybe two or three times a week. I'll do, go through this process and add that in. And then after two or three weeks, we can say, okay, let's make it a six, seven minute run and so on and so forth. And over a period of time, we're gonna build back into something that really feels like a normal normal day-to-day -day living again. And that is really, really important. If it's the case of golf, I know many people, uh, again, or well, there's a good few of them in the back in shape that um, have played golf in the past or want to get back into golf. And golf is one of those things that really can be a good source of social, etc. But don't go back and do an 18 hole of golf. Go back to the, pit, uh, to, the, to the driving range and hit one or two balls with a pitching wedge and do that for maybe we do 10 balls, 20 balls, and then go home. 
And that's the way we can test and feed in these new activities. This works in terms of progressing your rehab. It works for progressing inside the rehab zone, the exercises that you're doing, that phase one, phase two, phase three work. But it also works for adding in extra activities, returning back to normality, returning back to golf, returning back to running, returning back to the gym, returning back to walk, long walks on the beach. All those sorts of things can be added back in using this same protocol. But first know that are you a cautious person or are you an impatient person? If you're a patient person, a bit of restraint is necessary. A cautious person will really do well on this here because it really helps you just have a set framework that you can go back to. And when you're feeling a little bit, oh, I don't know, go back to the framework, look at what's going on, and then, and then see from there. The impatient person, really look at these percentages, and those are really going to be the best things that help you guys with progressing your rehab. Have a framework, know what kind of person you are, know whether it's a skill-based one which can be done regularly or relief-based that can be done regularly, but it's not helping the, the long-term process, it's just helping you in the here and now. Or if we're doing that strengthening process, we need to allow ourselves to recover between sessions. We need to maybe give it uh, a day, maybe give it 12, 24 hours or so, and then build up again and not do multiple gym sessions in the same day, it's not necessary. And that will help you guys have more success in your rehab for your back pain. It's a slow process, but little increments over a, over a relatively modest period of time can have a massive difference. And many of you watching this will know how fast 2020 has gone by. And if we'd spent even half of that time just working concertedly, making 10% gains a month, 10% improvements in our rehab a month, we'd be in a very different scenario. Maybe it's 10% more walking in a month. We'd really be in a very different situation right now if we'd just gone a little bit more slowly, but adhere to these processes. So hopefully that's been helpful. And we'll get into Q&A. Okay, awesome. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Alex left the comment here. He said... I think your point of impeccable technique is absolutely key. The trouble I had with my hip flexors recently was because I was lunging too low to get the stretch until I saw your demonstration of phase three yesterday. They are recovering now, by the way. That's awesome, Alex. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big one for people that are a little bit more driven, want to do sort of you know more active people. Uh, and I know Alex, you do a bit of, a bit of climbing and that sort of stuff. You do tend to really go at these exercises pretty hard. And one of the things that's, that's a, a really nice tip when you're getting into the, a new exercise or a new phase is slightly reduce the range of motion. So on those lunges or on those squats or on those dead bugs, we go with a slightly smaller range to start with a range in which we have good control. And then again, we test. We say, what about if I put the leg all the way out? What if I go a little bit lower here? We test and then we say, hmm, that was it. Just like Alex obviously has, has, has demonstrated there, he's realized, ah, I went too far on those lunges. Now if I go less, it doesn't give me as much trouble. That's that adjusting after an evaluation process and now he's gonna retest and do something slightly different for the next couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, and then we might revisit a slightly deeper lunge on one particular day and go through the same set of instructions to make sure that we can then feed that in because ultimately we want good, broad ranges of motion. But sometimes it's necessary to kind of jamander your way in there with getting, getting to do something and then we can work from there. So that's really important. Okay, brilliant. Um, Jo's left a question here. She said, I'm impatient and I love yeah. keeping fit and going to the gym as soon as my back starts to feel better again. Yeah. Um, how long should I just do the rehab for nothing else? I get frustrated not being able to do exercise. I suppose for the people that are really sort of uh, gym goers, Get into, get into that phase two and get through there and onto the phase three if we can. The phase three is something that is really supposed to be a bit more of a um, uh, compromise. It should be enough to make you feel, if you're, if you're working out, I mean, if you've seen the videos of me doing them, it is a workout. You are gonna be sweating after those, especially mm -hmm. if we're doing the five by 15 and most of the videos I'm doing the three by 10. 
if you're doing the five by 15 reps, it should be a workout. So you start to feel a little bit more like you're actually having a workout. And then in the future, you can then build in and return back to the gym. Maybe even you just start, one of the ones that I would say is a, a fair compromise for, for more or less everybody is the cross trainer. Um, getting on that cross trainer is a good way of you, if you like going to the gym, to just feed it in. And maybe you go to the gym, you do your cross trainer, you get on the towel immediately afterwards and then you do your lower body stretching or lower body stretching and then towel um, and pop a little bit of ice on when you get home. That's another one you can test, but the cross trainer tends to be a very low impact way of getting a bit of cardio and that might be a nice segue into the gym and it's you're doing the phase three at home and then you're doing a little bit of cross trainer in the gym but not touching any other weights, please. Okay, um, and that might be a nice um, compromise for you to have a little bit more of a hard workout and feel like you're working out whilst making sure that we're doing the safe sort of exercises. Okay, brilliant. Mandy said, I'm cautious and impatient, uh, but fantastic help today. <laughs> it's a today. difficult one. She's going to try, uh, well, she'll be testing four by ten awesome. of the phase three next week when her ribs are not aching. She yes. says she hopes that's correct. Yes, yes. Yeah? No, that, that's, that sounds sensible. And, and actually, um, Mandy raises a very good point. You may feel like you're incautious. Incautious? Uh, I suppose you would be incautious. <laughs> um, but essentially, a lot of people will be cautious to start with. But as soon as they overcome that first bit of cautious, then they become impatient. Uh, and you may not always be A or B. You may be a mix or an amalgamation of both, depending on where in the recovery process you are. So it's important to reevaluate that and be aware of that, that when you do maybe start to get a bit of progress, you're very, very cautious when you're in trouble. But once you get a bit of progress, you become impatient. And knowing that is really important because you're going to have different risk factors, different challenges uh, to face especially if you're enjoying some of the workouts. Sometimes when, when we get back into some of these activities, uh, maybe it's uh, horse riding or cycling or, or, or walking, when we do start to enjoy them, we turn into this impatient person because I've just, the endorphins are running, you're enjoying it back out, doing the things that you like and you do too much. And that's also something to be mindful of. Okay, brilliant. Um, just, just a comment here um, on YouTube. Uh, David has asked, are the back, back stretches any good? Uh, the ones where the height can be adjusted by three levels. Yes, I think I think I saw that uh, that one a little while ago, uh, or earlier this morning. Yes, um, this morning. Essentially, I think we're talking about here the um, the ones there, plastic ones, and it's kind of like a flat thing here, and then it goes like that, and you can kind of notch it in there, there, or there, and it goes how high it is. I think fundamentally, they're they're, they're really a bit unnecessary. They tend to get put in the wrong place. They tend to go through the mid to upper, well, really the upper uh, lumbar spine to the lower thoracic spine because of the design. Um, I think a towel is going to be much, much more effective. Um, it's got that nice round structure. We can pop it straight in the lower lumbar spine. Those just tend to be a little bit too severe and they don't really fit the natural lumbar lordosis the way in which it needs to. Um, so I wouldn't generally recommend those. Um, they tend to be um, not as not as good in my opinion. They are actually, I think, quite sensible for thoracic issues. So if we've got an excessive thoracic kyphosis, but you have to bear in mind in a lot of those examples where the lady is doing it with a th over her thoracic spine, so where it's in this section of the spine through here, when she's bending over, she's definitely a gymnast. And the guys that need that particular um, device will not be able to, you'll be literally like a seesaw on it. You know, you'll be that stiff, but you will need something like that. And again, I do think that the towels tend to work a lot better just because you can adjust them. Uh, you know, you can roll the towel up thicker or less thick. You can pop a few pillows to support it in the early days and, and, and build it out that way. I think they, they're okay. If it helps you, it helps you. But I would suggest that a towel would be a better approach because it's more specific, more like our alignment and slightly less severe.
Yes, he did also ask for the link to the towel exercise video, but that can all be found on the Back in Shape. Yeah, just go into the Back in Shape. Yeah, so on the Back in Shape, uh, backinshapeapp.com, there's probably a link around this video somewhere if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, Just click on there and you can join the phase one for free. Okay, brilliant. Alex has also said, I feel I'm both cautious and impatient, same as Mandy. Overcautious in trying to do the normal uh, daily activities as I really, really don't want to get... Uh, don't want a setback, which is psychologically awful. Yeah. Uh, but possibly I'm overdoing the phase exercises with too much gusto. Yeah, we do sometimes see that, um, and I think it's important to recommend. I know I've broken it down into two separate pe- two separate personalities, if you will. But the overwhelming majority will have bits and pieces of both, and, and I think half the battle is is like Alex mentions there is realizing what you are and where you have these particular traits. And I do think sometimes people are a little bit overcautious um, in day to day life, and then that sort of overcooking it in the in the workouts can be something that's present. Um, try not to be overcautious, but it's only with uh, sort of testing certain things, doing certain things, and seeing the results from certain things that we end up getting a bit of confidence. And if we've had a problem for a long period of time, building back up that mental confidence is really the most important thing. So mm-hmm. a little bit of caution is okay. We just don't want it to stifle process and make sure stifle progress and end up stagnating. So don't feel bad if there is a bit of caution, just make sure we're not stagnating. And you can do that very easily by evaluating on a week by week basis. Don't do caution or don't look at stagnating on a day by day basis. Look at it on a week by week basis because a lot of people will have fluctuations. Life, unfortunately, we can't put you in a little test tube uh, during your rehab and take you out to do your back rehab and then put you back in safely away. We have to live, we have to do things. We have people that that are dependent on us. We have work and jobs to go to uh, and that sort of stuff. So we cannot isolate you so do the best you can and just make sure you're diligent with your rehab and we evaluate things okay brilliant talking about stagnating kate here says you're so right michael i was stagnating as you put it i was concerned that after doing the exercises the neurological tingling flare-up um, but over time generally i've accepted this and generally things are starting to improve so thank you yeah that, that's the that's the big uh, kate's mentioned it there is is really looking at it in the context of our issues in the context of our symptoms, in the context of our daily pattern and daily tasks. Um, it could be that you've got other, other health conditions, it could be that you have other activities that you cannot avoid. Uh, so you know, some people, maybe you've got a, a family member that you're looking after and you can't avoid that. And therefore that is a necessary uh, thing that, that flares your back up. Um, we can't avoid those things, so we have to look at the, our progress and the effect of our exercises in the context of what our usual day-to-day fluctuations are, whether it's comorbidities, whether it's co-activities that we can't avoid, that's really, really important. And that allows us to effectively evaluate things and then figure out the correct pathway forwards. Okay, brilliant. Let me just quickly go back to YouTube. No, great, wonderful. That's it for today. Thank you everybody for awesome. your questions. Well, thanks for those questions. Those really did help us go into a little bit more detail and sort of raise some points that I think will be hopefully helpful to many of you guys watching this after the fact. So thank you to everyone who did ask their questions and bring that input. It's really, really valuable and much appreciated. And I do know that many people watching this will also benefit from those questions. So please do, if you're watching this for the first time or maybe you didn't ask a question or didn't know what to ask or didn't feel comfortable, please do ask away because it helps not only you get the benefit but also many others watching this thinking exactly the same thing so thanks so much for joining us on today's live stream if you are new to the channel please do consider subscribing and hitting the notification bell if you're watching on ipad iphone or some of the other smartphones it'll give you the notification straight to your phone so you know when we go live if you're watching on computer well do that anyway but make sure your computer's on so that you actually get the notification when we do go live and we will see you tomorrow with another live stream have a great afternoon everybody bye